everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Thanks for Sharing. I'm with my bestie, Catherine. Hey! Um, most of you <laughs> know of her from my Instagram post, TikTok, or anything like that. She's pretty famous around here in my <laughs> life. Um, <gasps> I just spilled my coffee. Oh my gosh, wait. Make sure it's on the couch. There's two droplets. <gasps> I'm sorry! Amanda! Okay, we have to start over. Hold on. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Thanks for Sharing. So, we're going to talk about a couple of things, really. I'm going to let her really take the lead on sharing, oh, her, sharing, <laughs> sharing her story and her experiences regarding the topic we're going to talk about today. Um, but we're pretty much just going to be talking about the effects on our mental health from COVID and how physical health and mental health are connected and intertwined one affects the other all that stuff and also a little bit about confidence being in your 20s being a woman oh yeah and um just kind of everything that comes into play once you reach young adulthood so adulting adulting at its finest yes tell us who you are and just kind of your story from when you got covid and everything that's like spiraled into your life now from then okay yeah wow that's like that's a lot that's a lot for the intro but um yeah so how long have we been friends four years five years ten years hundred years basically four years we just had our anniversary or five four four Mm -hmm. felt like longer feels like a lifetime um but yes i met amanda four years ago when we were um at a church together. Amanda was volunteering at a church and I was um, doing an internship for a church where we live. Um, and I basically just forced my friendship upon you. <laughs> shout out to Allison. Yeah, shout out to Allison. You were, Amanda was new to the area, had just moved to the area for theater reasons, right? Yeah. 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 And then she directed The Wizard of Oz. Oh, I didn't direct The Wizard of Oz. No, no, Allison directed it. <laughs> I'm uh, not that talented. <laughs> yeah. Allison and I stayed in touch, and I yeah. was like, I'm mentally ill. And she oh was like, gosh. do you need a friend? And I was like, yeah. And then she was like, Catherine needs a friend. And then now we've been friends. Yes, yes, so four years. And yeah, so two, what, I guess two years into our friendship? I feel like we've been longer, friends longer than four years, but maybe maybe not. But anyway. It just feels like it. Yeah, it does feel like it. Um, so end of 2021, however many years that is into our friendship, I was diagnosed with COVID. Um, and I was like, I, I feel like I was a weird case. Maybe not. Because a lot of things with COVID, like people, you know, it it affected everybody very, very differently. Like some mm-hmm. people were like totally asymptomatic and didn't even know that they had COVID. And then some people got it really bad and have passed away from it. And I it was kind of a weird um, case because I basically was... During that time of my life, 2021, I was basically the healthiest I had ever been. I was in my best shape. Um, I was eating, like, incredibly clean, incredibly well. Um, and I, I I, never really got sick. Like, I, I, I think before I got COVID the last time I got sick, I was in, like, other than, like, a minor cold or something, I was probably in, like, fifth grade. <laughs> like, I literally just never got sick. Yeah. Um and so that being said, 
I got COVID very badly. Um, I've had COVID twice, actually. Um, both times were bad. Um, but the first time I got COVID, I um, actually was diagnosed with double pneumonia from it. And from there, got asthma. Um, and I never had asthma prior to COVID. And so basically my COVID experience like dramatically changed my quality of life for at least six months to a year as I was recovering because my lungs were in really, really bad shape. That being said, so many of the things that were keeping me mentally well, i.e. working out, eating healthy, etc., um, I wasn't really able to do to the same extent after COVID because my lungs couldn't handle the exercise. Like, I mean, at, at, at one point, like I couldn't even walk up the stairs to my apartment because mm -hmm. I just really didn't have the lung capacity for it. Yeah, I just radically changed my lifestyle because of COVID and I wasn't able to do a lot of the things that um, I was used to doing and it greatly impacted my mental. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> Can what? Can you tell us more about that? Well, I, I do remember when all of that happened. You called me one time. You were like, I just blacked out. And I was like, what? Oh, my and gosh. Yeah, it's one of those things that I kind of joke about because truly, I have no memory of it. Really? Like, yes. Yeah, I go based off of, yeah, that's actually, I say it's a funny story. It's not funny. No, but, it's not funny but, at all. But, like, looking back at it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that happened. So, basically, like, I, um, when I had COVID the first time, I lived alone. I lived alone in an apartment, and obviously I was quarantined, and so um, I was here by myself. And I had, at that point, I had had COVID for like a week, and it was really bad, but I was like, yeah, it's just COVID, like, you know, 14 days, and I'll, I'll be done with it, or whatever. And so I, I got to around like the 10-day mark, and I just remember, I do remember this part, I remember being on the phone with mom, and I was like, this is not improving, like, and I had every symptom you could think of. Taste and smell, gone. And by the way, when they say that you lose your taste and smell, like, truly, it's not, like, it's not like when you get a cold and things kind of taste bad or you can't really smell because you're congested. Like, it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, my brother I, had Yeah, it. It was, it's horrible. Like, and, you know, like, part of losing your taste and smell that's so hard is, like, the things that bring you comfort, like, soup or, yeah. you know ginger ale or tea or whatever like you don't have that full experience yeah I remember like I would have Vicks vapor rub like literally my nose would be like in the container of the Vicks vapor rub and I could not smell it and you know oh, like, that's yes. it's like intense it like burns your nose <laughs> um but yeah so that was yeah that was one of the symptoms that I had but basically I had every every COVID symptom you could think of and so like 10 days in I was like mom this is not improving and her mom was like okay well maybe you need to like talk to your doctor which like coming from my mom is like a big deal because my mom is like very like anti go to the doctor because <laughs> like I'm you'll like, be all right I could, yeah her mom's like you'll be okay and I'm that way too like I, I don't even take Advil like I'm very like holistic with the things that I do for the most part and so <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not going to the doctor. But my mom was like, okay, like, you probably need to get your coworkers to, like, come bring you some stuff to the house. So um, where I work, I work for RTS Atlanta, and we have a women's ministry there. And so I called my the women's ministry director, 
and just let her know, like, hey, like, I need some food and I need some Tylenol because obviously I couldn't go out and get it myself. And at the time, I found that Tylenol was helping me more than other stuff. And so um, she came to bring me Tylenol. And when she got here, I was unconscious. <laughs> so, um, again, I'm, I'm sharing most of this from, like, what I have been told because my memory is, like, non-existent from, from then. Um, but essentially she found me um, and I, my mom, she called my mom, who was basically, like, they did, like, a three-way call with my mom, her, and a doctor. And they asked me, like, to take my oxygen levels with a finger monitor thing. My oxygen was at, like, a 62, which is, like, really bad. Yeah. And so um, I got taken to the ER. And they were, like, um, or actually, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I was taken to an urgent care. The urgent care that I went to, they, they wouldn't really do anything for me. And my mom was, like, we need an extra. My, my mom, by the way, was out of state, like in Pennsylvania. I'm in Georgia. And she was just like on the phone with people. You know how moms are just like advocating for their kids because yeah. they know yeah. something is wrong from like states away. Yeah. Um, and so my mom was like, please x-ray her lungs. He's like, please, 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 please. And they're like, oh, well, we don't think we need to. And she was like, no, like you have to x-ray her lungs. And they were like, okay, fine. My mom also wanted me to get the um, like antibody treatment thing which I don't think they would be able to do that at urgent care anyway but she was asking them and at urgent care they said like that they couldn't give me the antibodies the antibody like transfusion thing that would help you like recover faster because as a 20 I guess at that time I was 23 or 24 maybe um I was too healthy like, I was not obese, I was not, I didn't have any pre-existing conditions, and so they were like, well, she technically doesn't qualify for the antibodies, even though, like, I desperately needed them, like, couldn't breathe, was not healing well. So they x-rayed my lungs, and kind of found out I had really, like, bad pneumonia in both my lungs. And so, you know, from then on, I was, like, at the pulmonologist, like, way frequently, <laughs> and then, um, I wasn't recovering. My lungs just weren't recovering from the pneumonia. And we you know, did a bunch of tests. I thought I had some respiratory issues and I had asthma from there. I've just been recovering from the asthma aspect of things. It doesn't really impact me nearly as much as it used to because I changed a lot of the things that I have in my home and stuff like that. And it's, it's helped a lot, but, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to talk about it because I really don't. It's I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about something that I don't really even remember happening to me. Like, the women's ministry director, she, like, took me to CVS to get my medication that urgent care prescribed me, which, which was just, like, a couple days of antibiotics, which, yeah. like, after, like, I went to my primary care, and they were, like, they literally gave you nothing. Like, your pneumonia is so bad. It's, like, it was, I, like, basically everything that I had with COVID was prolonged for a very long time because I wasn't getting proper care that I needed. And like at one point, like my the the women's ministry director, she was like, You don't remember we were in the CBS, like the twenty four hour CBS parking lot at like two AM, like eating popsicles, like trying to wait for your medication. <laughs> I was like, I have no memory of that. I literally don't I have absolutely yeah, I, I don't remember it at all. And so yeah, so one way that my um that COVID affected me was um 
mentally, and that obviously my memory, it affected my memory a lot. But there are a lot of studies that have been done about how um, COVID, the COVID virus, like really attacks your brain, um, and specifically also attacks the female hormones. Like it impacts women very differently than men. And a lot of people who had um, COVID had like some difficult depression and other things that stemmed from getting the virus. And so, yeah, I had that too. <laughs> I was just going to say, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Because obviously it affected your physical health tremendously. Yeah. Being told you have asthma and being someone who's so active physically. Yeah. Um, for some of you who don't know, Catherine is like a gym girl boss. <laughs> um, lo- like, love go- loves going to the gym. I don't know. Do you still love? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and yeah, finds physical activity to not only like make she finds it like empowering physically and emotionally and mentally like it just makes you feel good yes overall yeah and you were just active every day it would push yourself right hard, like yeah. do challenging things yeah and, um you know see what your body was capable of so now having asthma and your lungs not lunging <laughs> in the way that they should be yeah um, you talked a little bit about how that affected you physically now, how does that affect you mentally and emotionally? Yeah, gosh. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot to be said there. So not being able to do, you know, so much of, like, when you when you talk to a counselor or you talk to doctors or whatever about, like, depression and the symptoms that you have with that, like, a lot of times they're asking you, like, well, how's your sleep? How's your exercise? Are you eating well? Are you, you know, things like that? Because a lot of mental health is connected to, like, day-to-day what you are doing to, you know, keep yourself healthy. And over, you know, the four to six months after I had COVID, like, my lifestyle had drastically changed. Before I got diagnosed with COVID, I was working out six to seven days a week, eating very clean, organic um all that kind of stuff. And post COVID, I wasn't able to work out. Like I said, I wasn't even able to walk up the stairs. And so my body wasn't used to that dramatic shift. Also, I had horrible insomnia post COVID. Um, I mean, I don't think I slept more than like maybe two hours a night for like a few months. (laughs) Like I was sleeping horribly. Yeah. Um, And my boss actually at work, had the same experience with COVID. He had horrible insomnia for a very, very long time and still has a hard time sleeping. Thankfully, my, my sleep is back on track um, after two years. <laughs> but, I mean, truly, it's like a long, the long haul. I had long COVID for sure. Um, but, yeah, you know, so much of mental health is like, are you sleeping well? Are you exercising? Are you eating well? And, like, my answer to those things was no. I wasn't exercising because I couldn't. I mean, even, like, taking my dog for a walk around the block was enough to, like, have me have to sit down on the curb because I, like, couldn't, I couldn't walk around the, what is that? Sleeping. I couldn't fall asleep at night and nothing would help, like, and, you know, during that time when you're not sleeping, like, everyone suddenly thinks they're, like, a master on sleep. And so, like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried melatonin? Like, I can't tell you anything about people who told me to take melatonin. And I was like, you think I haven't tried that? (laughs) 
Am I one of those people? I was like the first thing I did. No, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I have no memory, remember? But I, um, oh my gosh. Like the amount of people who like suddenly think that they are like an expert on sleep when you tell somebody you're not sleeping well. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, truly tried everything. Like down to like, people were like, well, don't sleep in your bed if you're having a hard time because your mind like associates your bed with not being able to sleep and blah, blah, blah. So I would try to fall asleep on the couch. I would try to fall asleep in a chair. I would try to fall asleep on the floor. Like yeah. nothing helped with it. And so, and probably some of that too was like, I used to be so physically active that I was tired when I went to sleep at night because my body was exhausted from working out during the day. And I didn't have that. So, yeah. I, I can't quite remember exactly what you asked me, but, like... How it affected so, your mental health now. Yeah, my... Depression. <laughs> I mean... All right, thanks, yeah, everybody. Like, I, yeah, you're welcome. Depression. Like, hey, depression, COVID makes you depressed. No, maybe not for everyone, but... Um, I, at that point, had my counselor... I mean, I was just talking... I You know, at that point, I was seeing my counselor, like, every other week. Um, and we were just, like, talking through all of it, and she was, you know, talking to me about studies that were done with COVID, because a lot of counselors had to get, like, certifications and some stuff post-COVID, because a lot of people were getting diagnosed with depression because of the virus. And <laughs> she was like, I think it's time to assess you for depression. And I was like, I don't have it. And she was like, okay, <laughs> So, you know, she, like, started doing all the questionnaire assessments and all all of that and she was like hmm and she gave me my results and it was like severe depression and I was like oh no way and she's like you know you probably need to take some medication and I was like no I don't take medicine because like I mean to each their own I absolutely think that some people do need depression medication and I just am too stubborn I was like, I'm going to power through this and, like, I'll be fine. And so that's what I chose to do. And she's like, every week she's like, you know, the option for medication is still there. And I was like, you know, no. <laughs> um, and so I, in my stubborn brain, was like, I can just get through this on my own, which I I did, <laughs> technically. Yeah. like. I don't struggle with the depression the same now. Um, now, like, depressive symptoms and thoughts are much more related with my cycle. And I mentioned earlier how COVID, like, really impacts the female hormones. And, like, prior to COVID, I really didn't have, like, PMS stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't really impacted much by my cycle. But now I am. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it must be coming soon. Because, like, I'll go to bed at night and, like, I'm like, oh, the world is ending. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not doing well at all. Um, cry, like, every day, like, leading up to my period and all that. So, yeah. but, but yeah, so um, my mental health was, like, very much impacted by my lack of physical activity. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but, like, <laughs> once you're depressed it's just like you just feel like you're like that like all the time like oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like even when I knew like okay I'm not struggling with depression the same way that I used to 
my mind is like there's also that's when like the anxiety comes because like when I was struggling with that severe depression like I it was not good and so after I started recovering from that depression I was like anxious that I would get that depressed again and so yeah. like I would struggle with some anxiety of like oh my gosh I don't want to be back in that like season of my life and like almost kind of waiting or wondering yeah I'm like is it gonna end. come back yeah. and like and I, sometimes I still feel that way like every month like I said with my cycle is I'm like oh no like it's like looming like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. this like anxiety of like am I really depressed right now like how depressed am I um and so I just yeah I tried to not rely on the medication like I said like I absolutely think medication is a great thing but for me I just was too stubborn for it and um, tried to do other things and so tried to find things that would make me like excited to be alive <laughs> like things that I could do um, and just like mentally challenging myself and pushing myself past what my body was telling me that I could do like my body would be like oh no you can't walk around the block because you're gonna faint but I was I had to practice like some mental toughness there like yeah. my body you know because like this is very much a working out metaphor but like your body quits before your mind does or your mind quits before your body does like your body will tell you like I can't possibly do any more reps and like that's not true like you can actually do a lot more but your mind is like no 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 like stop your limbs gonna fall off <laughs> but your body can actually do a lot more than you think it can um and so I had to apply some of that to like basic everyday tasks like my my body or my mind was like you can't do that because your lungs are gonna give out and like I was like mm, maybe so <laughs> but I'm gonna try it anyways and so I had to do a lot of that. And, like, at that point, I was depending a lot on an inhaler um, because I had to <laughs> to do things. But I started using my inhaler and going to Burn Boot Camp um, in the area. Burn Boot Camp is kind of like a high-intensity interval mm -hmm. training um, camp, like community camp with women. And so I was doing that for a while which really helped me realize like I like helped me mentally realize like okay I can do more than I think I can do and like while there were times that I passed out at bird boot camp or like times where I would have to sit out on the sides because I like couldn't breathe I it helped me and that accountability with the community helped me be there um, and like push through like two months of like a really hard season of like it felt like every day I went to burn boot camp like I couldn't keep up with the workouts which they're hard anyways but like mm -hmm. I was modifying them down because I wasn't able to do them um so I kind of I kind of through like a few months got back into working out not the same caliber that I was pre-COVID but the depression was still there because I would be working out and exhausting myself during the day, but then still had insomnia and couldn't sleep at night. And so it just lasted for a long time. And it was kind of like a waiting game and a patience thing. And I had like a lot of community around me, thankfully, and friends that were checking in on me because, yeah, like with depression, it can get dark and you're very discouraged and like very much just want to give up because you feel like 
at least in my experience, like I did not feel like I was the same person at all. Like I felt pre-COVID and post-COVID, Catherine were two different people. And sometimes I really still feel that way. Um, now, like I'll look back at myself two years ago and I'm like, who is that person? Like, I, I can't believe I used to do those things, say those things. And, you know, I'm trying to slowly get, get her back and get that confidence back. Um, and yeah, like I said, just find things that I am excited about waking up and doing and cool. So <laughs> what did you end up doing to help yourself pull out of that? And not necessarily pull out like, oh my gosh, I'm not depression anymore. But like, yeah, just right, pull right. yourself up at least. And yeah. so um, what did you do? What have you been doing since? What worked for you? What once worked and doesn't work anymore? Like, mm-hmm. just kind of what was that whole experience like of starting to find things? If, if I can't go to the gym every day and do these things that I used to enjoy doing, what am I going to do now? Um, some of that I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> I think things that really worked for me were I needed something to be confident in because I wasn't confident in the same things that I, I would – I was very confident in my abilities and in my mind and all of those things pre-COVID, and I wasn't confident in those things anymore post-COVID. I really feel like I kind of had an identity crisis in a way. And so I kind of felt like, well, this is either my time to sulk and be upset and, like, just keep giving into the depression, or I could try to, like, re-identify myself and, like, redefine myself with who and what I want to be like. Um, and so some of that was taking up new hobbies. Some of that was like my support group and depending on people. Um, and some of that was my faith, um, relying on prayer in different ways that I feel like I hadn't before. Some of the hobbies that I took up were candle making. (laughs) I, yeah. So pre COVID, I was like totally bath and body works obsessed. Like I love candles and I love, you know, smells of things bring me a lot of comfort, which is one reason why losing your smell during COVID is like so frustrating. Cause like some of the things that you love the most, you can't smell. Um, and when I got my smell back, a lot of people experienced this too, is things smell horrible like I my my sense of smell and taste was drastically different and things that I remember I thought I remembered the smell of did not smell the same same with taste um and so I had to also that being said Bath and Body Works all the candles that I was burning the air wicks that I had plugging into the wall really impacted my asthma because if you look into what's in a lot of those products they're very toxic for you very bad for your lungs and I was like oh okay perfect I'm like basically breathing in poison all the time um but I like couldn't bear the thought of like not having something that was comforting me during a really hard time in my life and so a friend of mine actually took me to a candle making class for my birthday and when I was there, I was like, oh, I could totally do this. Like, I could pour candles. This looks like I could do this at home. And I never ended up doing it to begin with. But then um, my boyfriend, uh, for 
our, I think it was like our six months of dating or something, we went to Hobby Lobby and got some candle making supplies. And he was like, we should just make some candles. Like, you know, it'll make you happy. You should just do it. And I was like, okay. And that kind of showed me like, well, I could do this from home. Cause like before it was a candle making class. Okay. Like this is actually doable. And so, um, I just got like a small amount of supplies and started making things at home for myself making my own non-toxic candles. Um, and they were 100% natural soy wax with no additives. Um, the wicks are 100% cotton. A lot of wicks of candles, um, like name brand candles that a lot of people buy actually have like metal in the wicks. And um, same with the wax, it's paraffin, which is like plastic. <laughs> There's just a lot of bad stuff that you're breathing in with a lot of candles dye and all that and so my candles have no dye um they're clean burning essential oils and people were smelling them and liking them and i was like hmm and so my friends were like you need to turn this into a small business and i was like no i'm not doing that like absolutely not and after every single excuse in the book i was like okay fine okay i'll do it and so my boyfriend helped me a lot with setting up all that because he's a small business entrepreneurial guy and so he helped me with all the back end stuff of that and I just was like making the products and trying to invest in it and so yeah one of the things that helped me with confidence gave me something that I was excited to wake up and do and just invest into is Noteworthy Candle Company because <laughs> I started my own small business, non-toxic candles. Um, they're all hand poured by me, and it's growing, which is crazy, and also very satisfying <laughs> to have something that people like that you do, and you know you see your products in their homes, and you're like, wow, I, I made that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. So yeah, that that helped a lot. Um, I wouldn't say my small business cured my mental health either, but I think it was a combination of a lot of things that, you know, in some ways the doctors are right what you're eating, if you're exercising, sleeping, what's your support system like, if you are a faith-based person, like what is your spiritual life like? Um, I don't necessarily think that it's true that you can pray away your <laughs> mental health problems. Um, but for me, like it, my prayer life, my relationship with God really did help me with that. Um, and I think, I think it really helps a lot of people. Um, and I mean, just from my own experience, like I know, like having Jesus to give my anxieties to and give my dark thoughts and stuff to really did help me. And so, yeah, relying on those things to kind of give me something to be proud of, to help me realize, like, what my identity is truly in, um, how much worth and value I have as a person. Those things, you know, they helped me, helped me a lot with my, my mental health and kind of pulling myself out of my dark COVID days. How do you feel like starting... Noteworthy Candle Company almost added to the things you were already struggling with. Because, I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously it wasn't like, I started the company and then I was like, oh my gosh, this is my so fun, I'm so, I'm so excited, yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. So, in what ways 
did trying to reinvest into yourself and into your mental health and try to get back on your feet and do something, like you said, that makes you excited to wake up every day. What did trying to do all of that, or how did trying to do all of that also make things worse before Mm -hmm. it got a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah, I think as with any new thing that anybody tries, I think sometimes, I mean, at least for me, I'm very much a two feet in person or mm. no feet. I'm a black or white. Like, really? Yes. No idea. I <laughs> no like, idea. I'm like, I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah. And so for me, I was, for the longest time, I was like, no, I'm not having small business. No, I'm not doing it. I have made up every excuse to why I shouldn't do it and wouldn't do it. And then when I ran out of excuses, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then when I said, okay, I'll do it, I was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gave, like, my whole self to this business. And, by the way, I also have a full-time job, yeah. 9 to 5, at RTS. And so I was, like, so, well, one, totally burnt out. Like, in the beginning, was way burnt out. Mm-hmm. Didn't have balance. Because I was working all the time. Um, trying to build something. And I still do work all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say that is still true, probably. Um, I still struggle with my my balance of, like, figuring out when I can just, like, not do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, staying busy is good for you, but can also be unhealthy. Like, yeah. I was using all of my tasks and things that I needed to do to distract me from dealing with deeper problems that needed my attention Mm -hmm. um and those things inevitably come out anyways (laughs) so like I was struggling relationally I was very much struggling with comparison anytime you add something new to your life especially something like a small business that kind of requires you to be on social media to an extent to market yourself to gain a following there is comparison inevitably Mm -hmm. immediately honestly for me I was very quickly comparing myself to other candle makers, telling myself I was destined to fail because there's so many people, the candle market's so saturated, who would ever buy my stuff, there's so much more out there, blah, blah, blah. What do I even have to offer? Struggling with those kinds of thoughts. Um, And then I just kind of came to this realization of like, you know what, like I get to define what success looks like for me. It doesn't have to look like the people with millions of followers on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> like uh-huh. other candle makers may have thousands and thousands of followers, and I may have nine hundred, but like I am doing well. Like, mm-hmm. and I know I'm doing well. I've been at this for less than a year, and it's better than I had ever expected that it would be. I really do feel like God is blessing that, and I, you know. <laughs> It's it's funny because like when you when you start something new, it's easy like for that to become your identity, and then inevitably, you realize like wow, I probably shouldn't be putting my identity in this because it's shifting all the time. Like yeah. with small businesses, it's nothing is linear. In and no, well, in general, in life, nothing is linear. No healing, no anything is linear. But especially with small business, it's like 
You'll be doing really good one week, and then the next week you're like, why am I doing this? I'm a total failure. And then the next week you're like, I'm the vice president of the world. And then the next week you're like, I'm quitting. And so it's just like up and down and up and down. And if if your identity is tied, in my case, if my identity was tied to the fact that I'm a non-toxic candle maker, (laughs) I'm like, well, like, that is so unstable. <laughs> so I, that is why I say, like, yes, the small business helped me a lot, but my faith was very important there, too, because I had to balance the things that I am tempted to put my identity in with what I know my, wh- with where I know my true identity actually comes from, which is the fact that I am a Christian, I, Jesus is my friend, and <laughs> saved me from all my sins, and he purchased me at a price and that valuable and worth a lot, and so I have to remind myself of those things, that I'm a child of God first, I am not a candle maker first, um, and when my priorities are right, I can kind of beat those those temptations and those struggles that came with a small business. Mm-hmm. Um, my dog is like... <laughs> she's like she wants to be all up in our grill as we are recording this podcast. Oh, she's yes, so Taya, you're so good. Candles are pet friendly too, by the way. True, no. <laughs> because for real. yeah, once I started figuring out like all the things that are horrible in these candles, I was like, if they're bad for me, like they are definitely bad for the dog. Yeah. And so because the neck, the wax that I use is natural, like I don't have to worry about leaving my soy wax out because she's not gonna die right. <laughs> she eats it and so yeah. yeah okay here's a cute little nostalgic little <laughs> girly pop question okay perfect. if you were sitting in a room with you oh gosh is this like a reflect on your life no, 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 no. <laughs> but just like if you were sitting in a room with a version of you who like was on the couch with your inhaler <laughs> Long- no, you think asthmatic people do. No, no, no. Like, like, we just sit on the couch with our Bro, I had an inhaler. And mope and cry. No, well, no, no, I mean, no. I actually did do that. No, I don't know. That's why I said that. Like, just with your inhaler as this little handheld reminder that literally you cannot physically do what used to make you feel so good about yourself and just, like, living. Like, it just it brought you so much... Um, energy in more than just a physical way. Yeah. Not like, what would you say to yourself? But like, <laughs> if you were sitting in the room with that you, what would you think about her now compared to what you thought about yourself in the moment? Wait, oh my gosh, I'm not qualified to answer this No, question. for real. Not even, so don't even take it like, what would you say to her? But just like, what would you think about her? But what I, what would the current me think about the me that was inhaling on the couch? Yeah, because at the time, you were like, <laughs> I have nothing. Like, I'm depressed, what's the point? Yeah. I hate myself, I hate my life, like, I hate everything. Yeah. I can't be who I want to be. What would you think about her now? Would you still feel that way? Do you feel like that's still something that needs to heal? Or do you, do you view her differently now? Yeah, I think I definitely view viewed that me differently I will not sit here and say that I don't still struggle with those thoughts yeah because there's still it's still very tempting for me to revert back to that mental state because in some ways that negativity and feeling bad for myself 
was almost like wrapped up in it was like a twisted way of me like having compassion on myself (laughs) was like wow like I'm doing so badly and like you know when when I was very at that time like I was very self-centered self-focused like everything was about how bad my life was and how I wasn't the same as I used to be and like look at me now and like in reality one thing that I really needed to do differently was stop focusing so much on myself and start focusing on something else (laughs) so that it wasn't so like my life is so Catherine focused my life is so hard and bad because we can all do that like if we look too deeply at what's going on in our circumstances and we're just thinking about ourselves Mm -hmm. we're like wow there's I mean while there's so much to be grateful for and a lot of positivity we can find in our lives if we think deep and hard about it, there's also a lot of, like, ugly and yeah. things we don't like. And so we're tempted to do that. And so I'm not going to sit here and be like, I don't struggle with that anymore. Because, like, right. sometimes I do still sit on my couch and I'm like, I hate my life. Like, yeah. of course. And, like, no amount of candle success and no amount of everything else is going to, like, snap, fix that. Like, it's nothing. But... So, do I still feel that way about myself at times? Yes, I do. And that doesn't mean that I don't also look back on that and, like, feel like, wow, like, I wish that version of me would see two years later me. And, like, while I still feel like, yeah, I'm not the same person, in some ways I can be like, wow, I'm not the same person, and say that with, like, a negative tone of voice. Or I could be like, I am not the same person, and, like, say that with a positive tone of voice. Pre-COVID, Catherine was far too independent. <laughs> like, I didn't want any help, which is... That's... I can attest to that. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, no, I can solve all my own problems, and I will just do fine all on my own kind of thing. And, like, I was mm-hmm. pretty much fine and doing well and kind of, like, low-key thriving <laughs> on my own until I got COVID. And it humbled me real hard. <laughs> Because yeah. I was like, wow, I actually need people to take out my dog three times a day because I can't do the stairs. I actually need to rely on people to help me. And that is okay. I can ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm better at that now. I'm better at receiving help. I'm better at communicating my needs after four years of counseling. Yeah. I can finally say I feel blank. I need blank. Ah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, in some ways, I I like that version of me better because I'm growing and that is, I'm maturing in that way. And I can, I can like put my ego aside and ask for help. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Queen. Um, <laughs> no problem. I will support you in any way in life. Anyway, speaking of any podcast, any yes, yeah. Speaking of, we're gonna do another podcast episode together talking about friendship, um, but specifically supporting friends in their mental health journey, what that's like, um, and also just sharing some of our favorite stories and memories. Oh gosh, by yeah, memories, we could write a book. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could. So, um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me talk. I'm- like basically plug my business check me out i was was literally just gonna say that uh if you're interested which if you're not bye (laughs) and if you are noteworthy candle company um on instagram and 
the website is the same thing. Yeah, Instagram, Noteworthy Candle Company, and then my website is noteworthycandlecompany.com. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I personally purchased the trio. The aromatherapy set. Yes. It's yeah. so good. Did you like it? Oh, yeah. Yay, I'm glad. My favorite was... That's definitely my best-selling thing. People love those three little mini candles. They're so nice. No, my favorite was um, Unwind. Yep. That's the number one bestseller. <laughs> Unwind is my personal yeah. phase. Lavender goodness. Lavender mm -hmm. goodness. But yeah, thanks, Amanda. Thanks for letting me share about my, about my life. Thanks. It's nice to be heard. Right? Isn't it nice <laughs> to be known? Yeah. It's so nice. Um... <laughs> Well, thanks so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I'll see you next episode. Bye.